From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 566. This episode is brought to you by Pen Chalet. My name is Mike Hurley. I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. Hello, Mike Hurley. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. I am. Uh, I'm excited to talk about some like new products that have come across my desk or across my screen, if you will. Um, in the past couple of weeks, some I probably should have mentioned last week, but you know we have so much fun stuff to talk about. Who knew we could talk about pens like so many times mm-hmm. and still have new stuff to talk about? It's like magic. Well, you know they, they, these darn companies, Brad. They just keep bringing out new ones. You know, well, well, do they, Mike? Oh, do they? <laughs> so well, I, I really set you up there. I teach you right up. <laughs> we have a discussion to have about the release of the Lamy balloon. Okay, so longtime Panatic readers and listeners may have may recognize this name. What is the Lamy balloon? This is the pen that many years ago, Mike. In fact, thirteen years ago that I reviewed in mm-hmm. 2010. I reviewed the Lamy Balloon Rollerball. It's this blue, transparent blue pen, like rollerball pen. Like this it, this is the only way it comes in rollerball. It's not a fountain pen, it's not, you know, pencil, it's not the ballpoint. It doesn't get the full the full workup that Lamy normally does. So I've always held this pen to a high standard for design. Like, I yeah. think it's a great design, right? And I raved about it. Now, at the time of the review, the, I, I was really disappointed in the refill. It has a very proprietary refill. Almost nothing else fits in there. And the refill Good was Good refill. Poor. I liked it. Oh, so let me rephrase it. I bought one yeah. in 2018 yes. at the Lamy store in San Francisco and really liked it. Mm-hmm. So I don't mm-hmm. know if it changed or maybe, you know, it's just our taste. So maybe because this pen has actually had gone through a little bit of design change, mm-hmm. right, from when I first reviewed it. But I still, the reason why the balloon has always stuck in my head is because this is what I wanted the Lamy Vista to become, right? This is where we got on the whole hire me Lamy kick, you know, five or six years ago. It was like, you can make these translucent barrels at a low price point in the fountain pen lineup. Why don't you? Yep. And here they come again with a new relaunch of the balloon. You'll notice, uh, at least well, I notice uh, the one drastic change of this pen compared to my model in 2010 is the clip. Well, so they, the they've bullet, actually redesigned the whole thing, right? They pretty much read the the front end, like the section looks the same, but the body is the Safari Vista body. It looks like it. The old balloon had a rounded cap, completely mm-hmm. different clip. Yep. It was it was quite a different pen, I think. And I feel like yep. now they have decided to just use their kind of tried and true design language mm-hmm. for the balloon. Mm-hmm. So that begs the question, Mike. When am I getting the Vista? Like, they've made the top half now, right? Mm-hmm. They've made the cap. Mm-hmm. They literally made a Vista cap or a Safari cap or an all-star cap for this balloon. When are we going to have the full continuation of the product? And that's what I've been harping on for years. Like, I know you can do this, Lamy. Like, from 2010, like, I love this pen so much. It's such a cool design, right? And it's like, this is like your entry-level pen. Like, I'm not asking Lamy to change the world here. But I've always been on them knowing that they can make this, right? And now they've done a few things over the past couple of years to tell me they're kind of telegraphing like the next move, right? They're building up like they made an all-star 
with a translucent yellow grip section, right? That was that, oh, I was all, I don't know, it was one of the Asian editions. I can't remember if it was China or Japan or Hong Kong specific, but it it ended up being a worldwide release. Um, It's like an Iron Man looking pen. So it had the yellow grip section, but it was an all-star, which they don't usually change the grip section color. Now they've made a cap that looks to be a match to the rest of the more entry-level fountain pen lineups, the Safari, the Vista, and the All-Star. We might be getting there. We might be getting there, Mike. So I I found this to be very interesting. So they've always kept the balloon in the lineup. It's never been that great. Although, like you say, I'd probably need to try the refill again because I I didn't have a great one. So I will get one of these new ones. What I want to see from this, from anyone who orders this pen before I get it, is if this cap is can be swappable into (laughs) one of the pens. Yeah, can you take... (laughs) Right. How safari. how close is I the mean, manufacturing? Like, are like they setting this up, be, Brad? I feel like this is the same thing, right? Because it's a machining thing, right? It's a cost of machining thing. If you can make similar products, like that's better for your factory, right? Like, if you can make a cap that has multiple uses, well, now we're getting this cap dialed in to maybe being used for what I want, which is a Vista or a Safari in this colorway. So we might be getting there. So I want to see, I want to get one of these. I haven't, I haven't bought one yet, but I will soon. And I want to see if this cap is uh hot swappable with your safaris and vistas and all stars, things like that. So I'm sure someone will be able to test that before I do. So that is my next question. Have they started to build in a universal cap for this price point of pen? And if so, it's only going to be a matter of time before I get what I want. I would like them to to just make this for um, the Safari. Like, I would mm-hmm. just like this to be... Uh, well, they have this whole Vista lineup, which is weird. So the Vista's always been the clear I plastic know, one. But I, I'm, I'm, they I'm not just disagreeing make, like, with you. like a special edition now in, in like translucent, or like more, have more translucency like that one that you mentioned, right? That we're not right. 100% sure of, but we know there was one. Uh, I yeah, would just, just like group. them to play around with this now for the specials. Like, I just think it would be good. Like, you could kind of, I feel like this is like how you, like, pro gear it, you know? This mm-hmm. is, you know, so you yes. do like a translucent body and solid color cap and grip or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Like, if you if you now are doing this and you've got, like, the process in place to make effectively Safari parts, provided that they can be interchangeable, which I'm, I'm, 90, I'm 90% sure they will be with no information. <laughs> um mm-hmm. I just want to see them play around with this too because we're kind of running cycles and around the same colors over and over and over again with them now for the special editions, like those Easter ones. How great would it have been if the Easter ones were just the same colors but translucent? Right. Right? We would have been like, oh, great. They nailed it, right? This is awesome because it's exactly. something fun and different. So, And yeah. that, that's been always been my thing with the Vista. The Vista either needs to be a product lineup or it needs to turn into the Lamy Safari Clear, yep. right? Because yep. the Vista does not mean anything except for this one pen. Mm. So you're either going to make your translucent barrels and expand the Vista lineup, or you move it to Safari Translucent. Mm-hmm. And like it's just this weird outlier skew of the Vista, and it's existed for like decades, maybe two decades. I don't know. It's definitely over a decade that the Vista's existed. And it's not that much different. Uh, from the safari right i mean it's mm-hmm. virtually identical a couple little um visual cues that are that are different but that, that's about it right so the vista is this it either needs to be expanded or 
morphed into like the Safari translucent lineup. Um, and this is kind of like just another thing that makes me think that like, we're going to get there pretty soon in the next year or two of getting like a full translucent fountain pen in colors outside of the Vista. So it's exciting. I I'm always shocked when the balloon comes up because it's such a weird product yeah. and it is so good. Like it is legitimately good, but it just doesn't get much love because it's just kind of, again, just like this weird random standalone product. And mm. Honestly, not, you know, a great refill, even though you say it's better. I'm going to, I will hold that thought. So maybe it's better now, but it's just kind of like a one-off. So um, maybe it's like the test, it's the parts test bed, like for the rest of this, this lineup to, to get me eventually what I want. So uh, mommy's listening, Mike, I have a feeling we're going to get it. Yeah. You know who doesn't listen to us, Mike? Uh, I don't, I don't know where you're going with this, but mm-hmm. carry on. Um, Montegrappa does okay. not listen to us, and that's a good thing, right? They should not listen to us. Well, they do. We know that they do because they change their marketing page based <laughs> on the things that we say. That's actually true. So we <laughs> actually, know if anyone, listen. if anyone listens, I'm very we know wrong. they listen. Yeah, I'm very wrong on this. If anyone listens to us, Montegrappa listens. Uh-huh. I put in a link to the Old Man in the Sea, their newest. I don't know what you call this lineup. The newest, like custom luxury premiere product lineup basically yeah. one of their artisanal pens if you will it's where like they the new kendall roy no, edition you know what i mean yeah like, this is what yeah. this is for <laughs> it's a no hold it's their no they get an idea and then they can do then they have the designers have no holds barred right they can do whatever they want and then they come out with these high-end editions so i want you to give me your initial thoughts on the old man in the sea i mean they killed it it's incredible. So it's it like might a, be the best pen they've ever made. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Uh, <laughs> wait, don't say Bond. that. Be careful what you say, Brad, because it will show up on the marketing pages. Oh, <laughs> I've All already right, so don't that. say the best pen ever made because I, I know I that rescind, they'll do that. Rescinded, rescinded. It's if they like want to send me one, I'll I, I can be bought, Mike. <laughs> if they want to send me one, if they I'll, send I'll you give them one a of quote, these, and they didn't give them send a, me the spy master, then mm-hmm. then then someone's going in the doghouse. I'll tell you that. This is a. I guess it's like a part metal, part wood, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, is what's mm-hmm. going on here. So it's like silver yeah. and mahogany. enamel and mahogany wood, and mm-hmm. it is, uh, it is a it's based on he- Hemingway, right? Like a Hemingway mm-hmm. piece, and right, it, th- th- you've got in the middle kind of like the silver section is like a, this uh, imagery of a fish being caught from a boat, mm-hmm. and like the old man pulling it into the to the boat, but then the the finial. Um, and the cap of mahogany and the clip is a really awesome looking fishing rod. This, this pen is just awesome. Like it's not for me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to use this one. Um, Mm -hmm. but I would, I will go on record and saying this is the best wooden pen I've ever seen. (laughs) I typically don't like, uh, wood on pens. I don't know why. Like they tend to have this look that I'm not a huge fan of. But I think this has been integrated really naturally and really well, and they've made some very, very smart choices uh, in how this pen is presented. Uh, yeah, I think it's incredible. I think they've done have it you again. S- have you seen the presentation box? Of course I've seen the presentation box. You it's kidding me? a boat. Yeah. That's not the it's box. A l- There's a box, <laughs> and inside it is a thing that you keep that you put the pen on, and that's a boat with a swordfish a, at the end of it. It's a boat. Mm-hmm. It's like the... The, your desk holder for this pen is a literal boat where the pen rests on the tray, uh, like on the top level of the boat, along with the bottle of the ink. 
(laughs) It's so ridiculous. They do such a good job at this stuff, right? Like, this is not for us. This is never for us, uh, other than to talk about and fawn over. I thought the... How would you describe the fish on the barrel? Like, it's not cut out, right? But it's shaped to where, like, if you hold it up, it looks like... I don't know. It's like it kind of integrates into the background of like your your room or something. I don't know. It looks it looks realistic. Not I mean not really, but you know what I'm trying to yeah. say. I don't I don't know the right words yeah. um, to use here, but it's kind of like wavy and it's not just like a lacquered over ran about um, round barrel with like artwork underneath like the lacquer. It's like all built into the barrel and it's got all kinds of shapes and curves and cutouts and stuff. Um, the clip is the fishing pole. Like it's got a reel on it and. I want, I wonder if the reel works. Like knowing, um, knowing Montegrappa, that reel probably like spins around or something like that. Um, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> like if it you does. Can reel it in. I yeah. don't think it does. It looks pretty set to me. But so I will say this: the low end model, which we're looking at right now, the the five thousand euro model, is infinitely better yep. than the gold inlay yep. model, which yep. is sixty five hundred euros. Yeah, which the gold I, doesn't work for this one. The gold does not work at all for this one. So like the the less expensive one is just a stunning pen. I actually I really want to see see this pen in person. Like I have no like interest in it. I have no like I'm not a Hemingway person. I don't need this. But I think this is one of the neater ones that they've ever made. And a long line of neat pens that we rave about um and that the boat pen tray is just sick like i am it's it's just knocking my socks off this whole this whole thing is good like this is this is one of those mike where i'm like the price yeah that, that seems about right <laughs> you know like these are all like ridiculously yeah. priced it looks like a five thousand euro pen it looks like a five thousand euro pen can be it looks like yeah. one you can argue so, if any pen should cost 5,000 euros, right? And I think it would be a good mm-hmm. argument. But if there mm-hmm. are such a things that exist, which they do, this one looks like it does. So Exactly. Yeah, that's that's kind of my point. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the grip section with the waves, I don't know. Like, little, every little detail is, is done up correctly on this pen. It's just mm-hmm. kind of wild. And then you get a boat <laughs> on your desk. Uh, so that's my quote for uh, for you, Montegrappa, if you want to update um if you want to update your page you get a boat on your desk so there you go add that to your marketing all right (laughs) kind of staying in the sea i did want to mention the new novelure horizon pins because i wanted to get your feedback on these because when they first popped up on my screen last week i was like huh this is weird in like a good way. Like I, I felt like very confused at first. And the more I looked at them because there's, there's a unique design element that I, I would like to get your, your thoughts on. And that is a non, you know, not a linear design on the edge of the cap band. And I'm wondering what you think about this. So we'll, we'll have a link in the show notes to these pins, but I wanted to get like, not just a materials perspective because that's one thing about these pins but i thought this was a unique design element and i wondered what your thoughts were i think it's interesting i i I mixed feelings on the material choices i I think the gray one is really cool but the rest of them Mm -hmm. uh maybe don't do it for me so much sure um the cap band you know usually on a on a cap like the the metal band that goes around the outside is flat on the bottom but this one's got mm-hmm. a kind of wavy aesthetic which i think yeah. would be kind of interesting to uh, demonstrate the ink window that they've put on this pen so even when the pen is capped you would still see the ink in the ink window in theory i think it's interesting i, I 
what my question would be is like, is this just different for different sake? Which I think mm-hmm. it might be, which mm-hmm. is fine, but I'm not like blown away by it. But maybe mm-hmm. it would be an interesting um, design element for some. But I don't, it doesn't grab me particularly as something that I would therefore be interested in. Yeah, so my initial reaction was hesitancy, which I think was kind of like what yours is. But the more I looked at it, the more I was like, yeah, why not? Like, like I wouldn't want all my pens to have this, right? No. But why and I don't not? Think realistically, it causes a usability difference for no. people. Um, no. Like, I bet it would, st- if you were someone who, for whatever reason, is like, but I stand my caps on the desk, you could probably still do that with this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting design choice, but it does kind of, I don't know, like it feels. It feels a little bit like just, let's just try this. Yeah. And they did, it's a little bit different shape for for them as a design. The top finial is also metal, which I actually think works with the cap band, with the, the metal of the cap band and it's matching color. So like there's four material colors uh-huh. and then there's one with rhodium trim, one with gold trim, one with rose gold trim, and one with kind of like a brownish... I don't even know what you would call that color of that trim. Uh, what do they call it? Gunmetal. So it's a gunmetal trim, but it kind of comes off brown in the pictures. But I think it is the the material of that pen has brown in it, so it uh. makes it a little brown. But I think it's actually gray of the gunmetal. Um, that's my that's my favorite one. Like if I'm gonna order one of these to review, huh. um, I actually prefer the gunmetal one, which is weird. I you we picked the two tamer ones for if yes. you can call any of these pens tame because there's two like really bright ones that are, those are going to be the sellout ones right like those are going to go like really really fast so um dawn and dusk are both you know bright vibrant um one is the rose gold one is the standard gold trim um and then you like the aurora and then i like the twilight so which i think is kind of funny so um yeah i want to to get one of these like it's just this it's interesting to me when I think about products, how one slight little variation for that makes me want to talk about this pen more than if it was just a standard cap band design pen, what I've even mentioned it. But it's just that one little thing that honestly, I mean, to be very clear, it doesn't make a difference, right? Like there's no, there's no like, oh, crazy innovation type of situation here, but it's just different. It's kind of cool. It made me talk about this pen, right? Where, yep. and, you know, I may not have if it was just, you know, the next novel or in these cool materials. Hey, great. I love those pens. So, like, they're very cool. I, I like them. So, um, now this one, like, okay, yeah, nice. You made me, like, show more interest in this pen, and I'll probably pick one up for review down the line. Like, I'm not rushing out to get one, or, you know, maybe they sell out, but I, 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 I like it. Um, yeah, I like it. I'm probably going to end up with one of these. And, um, and then I'll just fidget with the cap band as it as I'm holding the cap in my hand, yeah. <laughs> you know, fidgeting with the pen instead of try, or trying to balance it on the desk like you were talking about. So anyway, I, I just wanted your I was curious what you had to say, even though there's probably not a lot to say. I ended up saying a lot of words about a little scalloped uh, scalloped cap band. So there you go. I'd be intrigued to know what you think about it when you get it. Yeah, I'll probably do that soon. Um, probably between the Lamy Balloon 
and the Narwhal Horizon, I should probably just head over to penchalet.com and pick them both up, right? Well, let me tell you all about it, Brad. Just you can, you know, run and rush all the way over there because over at Penn Chalet, you can get 10% off anything at any time just because you listen to this show. Go to penchalet.com and click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password penaddict. That is where you'll get the code that you need to save 10% on anything at any time at Penn Chalet. Penn Chalet have products from your favorite brands with fast and reliable customer service. They add new styles of pens every month, and every couple of weeks you'll find a whole range of new discounts over at Pen Chalet. They also sell, you know, as well as rollables and fountain pens and ballpoints and pencils. They also have carrying cases and pen holders, refills, fountain pen converters, and more. You have everything available to you. They do free shipping on orders of over $75 in the United States. They also sell internationally with very reasonable shipping rates. Pen Chalet has low prices and high quality pens and offers a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So go to P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com. That is penchalet.com and click the podcast link at the top of the website. Enter the password penaddict to get that code that you need to save 10% on anything at any time and to find a whole host of special offers just because you listen to this show like what, Brad? <laughs> We're going to get to those special offers, Mike. This might be at a little bit of an extended moment because I'm going in. So we have, added the, we have added the balloon to the cart. So there are three colors of the Lamy balloon. There's translucent blue, green, and pink. Which color did I put into my cart? Pink. That would be the obvious choice. Blue. Um, no. Green. Exactly. Nailed it. Good, <laughs> nailed it. Um, the reason why I picked the green is because I have enough blue and pink stuff. You know I love blue and you know mm-hmm. I love pink. Pink would pink is actually just going in, just not knowing anything. Pink would be my first choice. Mm-hmm. And when I review products, I try to mix it up a little bit, not be so obvious. Like, hey, Brad's going to do the orange thing. You know, so um, if there was an orange one of these, I would have bought that first, though. Um, but I'm going to go with lime. Um, so that is in my cart. So now we're going over to the Narwhal Horizons. Um, which color is the one that I like? It is called Twilight. Mm-hmm. So the one thing with Narwhal that I hope we're going to get one day is an extra fine nib choice. So they ch- tend to do just fine, medium, and broad. There are actually stub nibs um, available that are on special order, which means it's probably like a pre-order thing. So I'm going to do that. We're going to do Twilight Stub Nib. We have added to the cart, and let's go over to our fun and amazing uh, discounts for Panatic listeners. Okay, and this you're is the first. Up quite a cart over there today. Well, that's two things. Two things. Um, oh, this stipula is nice. Um, so stipula has made some improvements over the last few few years in their fountain pen, like the nibs and the quality, like their QC. You know, several several years ago, p- people would like question the QC. Now, the ones that I've used from people that I've seen at pen shows. I'm stipula is one of those pens that I always pick up from people say, Ooh, what is this? And a lot of times it's a stipula and this is a really beautiful color. It's like this tortoise shell mm-hmm. um, stipula. It's a very expensive pen, but it's at a very, very good price here. If you're into that type of design, you know, gold nib, beautiful, beautiful um, materials. Um, that looks great. The Y studio uh, wooden notepad is something that I've always talked about and they have that on sale here. Uh, on our Panatic page, the Pelican M205 Demonstrator. I mean, come on. That's like super popular. I don't know why those are still in stock. Is that like a permanent edition or a limited edition? 
Ooh, this Paniter Paniter Metropolis ballpoint. What color is this? Okay, I'm shopping here. Just you like really are. This, so. You really, really yeah. are. Today. I told you this Just is gonna take going to take a minute. Ooh, there's a Schaefer Pop Star Wars gel pen, a Kylo Ren pen. Ooh. What other one is this? There's a Kylo Ren, and what is this other one here? Is that like Ray? Maybe. Let's see. Where's the other one? Yeah, it's Ray. So it's Ray. Oh, that is super ugly. <laughs> Sorry, Ray. Kylo's pen is better. <laughs> the Ray pen is not doing it for me. I don't know what's happening there. Um, we'll we'll stick with Kylo on there. So, what is it? back to this Paniter Metropolis? So you can go to penchalet.com. That's P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T dot com. Click the podcast link in the top of the website. Enter the password Pen Addict for this week's special offer to get lost in the offers and to get the, the code that you not need available. to save ten percent. On anything at any time at Pen Chalet. Our thanks to Pen Chalet for their support of this show and Relay FM. So I was going to order this Paniter Metropolis, but there's only a white barrel level. Okay. The, the purple one is the one you I want. So we'll skip been that cut one. Off. You've been we'll cut skip off. Skip that one. I'm still scrolling. You, maybe you have, but we have the rest of the show to do. Maybe you oh, platinum level. mixable inks. Brad Dowdy. Okay, let's do a show. I, I, I have to check out before the end of this mm-hmm. show. Um, shout out of the week, Mike. We're keeping this one in house. Great. And, uh, you know, which is something I rarely do. So I wanted to give a shout out to Caroline Foti, who does the Meet Your Maker series on the Pen Addict, which has become a very popular series where Caroline spends some time interviewing, uh, makers in our space. So this week or this month, we do one article a month she puts out. Um, this one is with Jason Miller of Jason Neal Penworks, and it's really great. You get some insight on, you know, the people behind the things that we, um, that we purchase, you know, people in our, our community and our industry that are making cool things and you get to hear their stories, their, you know, their starting stories and what they're up to and see some of their wonderful artwork. So we've done, you know, materials makers, pen makers, and we, you know, we're going to keep going down the list here of all types of different makers in our space. So I put in a link to the, to the, uh, meet your maker tag on the pen Attic. If you're not familiar with this series, um, just go click that tag and scroll through and read about each of these makers. So we had uh, Jason, we had Renee Meeks from Scriptorium last month, and like I don't know, we've had Greg Hardy, we've had Brad Owens. So all of these wonderful people in our community, I wanted to give Caroline a special shout out for putting this together and putting in the work to do this once a month. That's like a lot of work, and mm-hmm. it does not go unnoticed. So I wanted to give Caroline a special shout out and uh, tell them thank you for this. It's it's really good. All right, we're gonna keep it. <laughs> we're gonna keep it uh, keep in it house because we mentioned we mentioned last week. Um, like I had some new spoke things going on, and I said, "Well, let's just hold that for next week and do just like a quick check in." Like I don't have a really long, long segment planned here for like things we're working on, but I thought we'd do a quick check in because over at Spoke we have released some new colors of the Model Six pencil, which have mostly sold out. That was always a popular. Um, popular shape and design for us because we could do some mix and matches of the colors. The the Model 4s with all of the, the different grip sections for the, pen, for the mechanical pencils, those have always done super well. We have a new launch coming partially today, I oh. think, and then either a continuation either Friday this week or late next week. So we have like a prototype shop 
um, uh, yes. on mm-hmm. on the spoke page. So Brian, we have a new product coming out, and it's called going to be called the Roadie XL. So it's going to be like our postable Roadie, but a full size barrel to fit your Pilot G two style gel ink pens. Like we're going to ship it with the Pentel Energel, uh, navy blue ink. Right. Um, so it's going to be a longer, more traditional gel refill compatible pen, postable um as well but up first we have brian wanted to experiment with like some cap manipulation so he's done that for our prototype shop Mm -hmm. yeah to see like what people think about those so those will be up probably today uh or at least sometime this week on the roadie xl model and then next week we'll have the roadie xl in the fun colors that we always do right the more traditional style traditional colors of the product you know the grays and blues and oranges and and all of those things so yeah that's what we have going on there um over at the pen addict shop i did something neat with uh damon from all in the damien from all in the nib um i made had him uh do some nib grinds on my benu anniversary pens which i thought was a really fun addition to that pen so we took 30 nibs uh, 10 each of fine, medium, and broad. And then five of those 10, I had Damien do Curse of Italic nibs. Mm. And five, I did uh, stub nibs on them. So those have sold really well so far. So that was just kind of like a new fun addition um, I wanted to offer for the Bennu pen, which I thought was a really, really cool thing. And then you, Mike, you were just always cranking out new stuff over at the Cortex brand. So what you got going on? Well... <laughs> I was, I'm constantly cranking Delays. away at things, uh, but you know we're still we're still shoring up the psychic notepad. We've done uh, our first kind of mini restock and have a larger restock on the way. Uh, mm-hmm. The product sold um, much faster than we thought it would with the initial lot, and we're now kind of settling into a more uh, stable place with it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. trying to work out how we can adapt the psychic notepad into different to do different things like i'm working on some different layouts that we could put in the construction of the book as it is currently so we can right. make like spin-off products um and then i'm also working on some updates to existing products that you know i was like oh this will be done by the end of the year nope it's probably going to be next year now <laughs> and I, then but once <laughs> once i get back from uh san francisco i'm gonna start work on our next product which i do actually hope and believe there is a possibility of it being available this year because it's way 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 simpler than anything i've made so far so we'll we'll see about that but that's that's my plan we've always got things going on uh we've got some mark ones still in stock in the blue and the black and uh yeah but the sidekick notepad is still still going strong Nice. Love to see it. And I uh, gave a shout out, put a link into the Gentleman Stationer's yep. review of the sidekick. Joe did a very thorough he did. Uh, bre- he did a breakdown job. of mm-hmm. the notebook. He did a great job uh, reviewing it. I tend not to review my own products or like my super close friends products like mm-hmm. yourself. Um, I feel a little bit too close to the products to do that. So I like it when other people like jump in and, and do things yep. that we're able to share about our own stuff. You know, good or bad, like we're we're open to like taking like the, the criticism and learning yeah. like if you know like it's, it's not like a none of that review. stuff matters right like it's, yeah. it's a really it, you know I, I think that joe does a really good job of like understanding what the product's for and singing its praises yeah. but he also has some criticisms and yeah how when so here's the, <laughs> i'll ask you a question 
Yes. If somebody writes a review and they make a criticism, but you don't agree with it, what do you do about that? Nothing. I mean, you yeah. just like... So my whole design belief is that I have to have a belief in why I did the thing mm-hmm. and in, in the decisions that I make. And that doesn't mean that those decisions or designs are unassailable, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean that they're for everyone, but it means that I did it for a reason and I will stand behind that reason. Yep. And if I feel like it's a very big mistake, I will admit to making that mistake yeah. and try to correct it. But if I feel like, no, it goes against the design and the reason why I did this, yep. um, I, like, I'm okay with the criticism. Like the, One of the biggest criticisms we ever got was a knock product when we made the Lanier. It was a briefcase, right? It was yep. a thin briefcase that could hold like up to like a 15-inch like MacBook iPad. It's a very thin product. People wanted a shoulder strap for that. I remember that. And I was adamant, adamant that this design would not work well with the shoulder strap. And that did not stop people from just like kind of like getting like upset about that and saying they're not going to order it. And I'm like, that, that's okay because yeah. like there is a reason why, right? Like um, our belief is that it would throw off the balance of the, of the product and it would not work like you think it's going to work with a shoulder strap. So like I was like that criticism is is valuable and it, and it's fine but we also designed I believe in specific design not general design like I'm not trying to solve problems for everybody right that's my design philosophy I'm trying to solve specific problems and if that specific design does not suit your use case yeah. that's okay and you're allowed to have like your criticisms like are totally fine because yeah. like like yeah I did not maybe I didn't design the product for you and that's okay like I don't want to ever design a general product right yeah I don't want to design if you design for everybody you design for nobody and that's that's just my belief yeah see because I think you know if I can use that to talk about what Joe was talking one of the biggest things he talks about is the price because it's an expensive sure. product yep, but yep. that is the design like. It is expensive to make because of what we right. wanted it to do. Like they're just, there is not a way for me to build this product, and it still makes sense for our business and price it cheaper than where it is. Like it's because it is incredibly high quality and made by hand. Like similarly, like one of the things that Joe mentions is the idea that it's made in the UK and then mm-hmm. is expensive to ship back to Europe, which is like mm-hmm. this is another design decision in that we choose to tell people. Because this is not a thing that I think we would have heard at all if we just didn't talk about where it was made, which is how most products are, right? Like, Mm -hmm. if we made this in China and, and like, we didn't talk about that because it wasn't a source of pride necessarily for either of us, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we would get still get people complaining about shipping prices because shipping is always so expensive. But this idea of, like, you made it here and ship it there and then ship it back, it's like things are made all over the world all the time but it's mm-hmm. only when you become like because this is a choice that we made and so like you and i knew like you you open yourself up to it right by yeah. us proudly saying it was made in the uk and also getting made in britain certification i knew that it would frustrate people but mm-hmm. it was a source of personal pride for me and unfortunately the logistics can't work out any different like yeah, we work with a company that only distributes from America. But even if they distribute from other places, I don't know if we are at the logistical scale and focus that we could manage two sources of distribution. Like, 
we're struggling to do stock management for the one warehouse, right? Like, right, right. If we had to do it across multiple, like I just, where we are in our company right now, we couldn't do that. Right. Um. Yeah. Joe, it's so, also interesting to me as well because like Joe talks about like that he thinks that this product has like a an idea behind it that the mm-hmm. show helps explain. And, and that, that is, that's puzzling to me because like, this is the most simple of like compared to the journal. Like I just think this is a very general use product, but it's always but hard to it, see what people see in it. I don't know. It, it, I don't think it's general use at all. Okay. Right? I, I, I actually agree with more with Joe, maybe not in the direct, Hey, you need to listen to Cortex to use this product. I don't think that's the case, but it's the ideas that you put out into the world, whether mm-hmm. they're specifically related to this physical notebook product or not, the general concepts that you discuss on the show come out in your design decisions, whether they're specifically uh, for this product or not. If that Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? Like you have a design aesthetic and you have a creative style and Gray does too. And those things show in the end result, oh, right, whether okay. it's a very specific reason or not. Right? I think so, I got caught up in this idea that we make a product that requires like a, no. a little bit of a manual, right? No, no, no. To use. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. This one doesn't, but I agree. It's like, yeah. it's also like so, what Jackie's saying in the chat that like, mm-hmm. you know, this is an expensive product and we are saying that like this might last you for 60 days and then you're done with it and like that is a thing that not everyone's going to get behind and i understand that and like but that's the point like i wasn't looking if i wanted there were a lot of choices that we made where we knew we were going to exclude a lot of people for their own Mm -hmm. use cases Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. there are already a million products that exist in every single price point forever and we just wanted to make our one the way we wanted to make it you know Exactly. So this is, even though they're different products, this is identical to what we went through with the knock linear. So you make a product and you explain why you make it, right? Mm -hmm. You laid out, here's why it costs this much. And that's what it's going to be. And we understand, like, you're not going to buy it because it doesn't have a shoulder strap. But here is our decision-making process mm. that we believe in making the best product for the intended use case of this product. So it's okay if you don't like that. Yeah. It's okay if you don't want the shoulder, if you won't buy it because there's no shoulder strap. It's okay if this is too expensive for a notebook product. Like all of these things are okay yeah. because I believe as a designer, it's your job to explain that on the front end. You didn't just go in blindly and say, hey, here's our $35 notebook. You should buy it. Like there's reasons why it costs that. And there's reasons why we make the design choices that we do. And the price ends up being what the price is. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, not everyone understands that. And that's okay. Like I, I'm totally fine with that. I take, I have learned to take criticism very well. Yeah. And like, there's very good, well-meaning and intentional like points, like someone like Joe makes, that's a lot more valuable than just like random drive-bys of like, well, this is stupid, it's expensive, or this is stupid, it doesn't have a shoulder strap. Like those are meaningless, right? That does not affect me. But like, I want to hear like what other people say about like that think about these products like uh-huh. we do. So, but it's I, all good stuff. It's like I do feel like compared to the journal, say like you can look at an image of the sidekick notepad and be like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's for me, right? Where I feel like the journal is just so much more complicated um, mm-hmm. and it like requires the part on the other side. Yeah. On that note, 
it's like I'm working on getting imagery now. So like I've taken a bunch of photos. I have some friend, a friend of mine, Ian, take a bunch of photos. But I kind of lucked into the thought that I could hire keyboard content creators. Mm-hmm. So I've been hiring some keyboard content creators to take psychic notepad photos. I and saw I, that last one on Instagram. Yeah. Was that one? Yeah, that was one. I just wanted the keyboard. <laughs> but that's the part of it though, right? So like <laughs> that part of these imageries, images for me are like showing them in these like really interesting environments and you may be drawn in by the beautiful lavender keyboard, but then you're like, yeah. what is this thing? And But yeah, <laughs> right. the, some of the imagery that, that we're, we've got in the bank now is kind of kind of awesome and this also came from the idea that like eventually we want to get into more like instagram advertising as like Mm -hmm. a a product thing and because i was talking i was talking to tom and dan about this because they've really been going down that road a lot with studio neat now Mm -hmm. and one of the things they said is like if you want to get into this you have to have lots and lots and lots of media like you have to have Mm. lots of imagery and lots of video like you just before you even think about doing it seriously so I'm now working on amassing a lot of that stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I know Brian does. We should have like a whole business podcast one of these one of mm-hmm. these months. We'll do a, just like a straight up business, like how we do things. Um, we just dabble in the Instagrams, uh, Instagrams ads, which like what you're saying is probably not like the most effective use of our time. Like you got to really like go after it. Yeah, no, I mean, to, to I've make, been dabbling to make a big and, difference. and I'm dabbling, like just so I can understand it a little bit. But eventually we're going to work with like, a third party agency yeah. to manage mm-hmm. it and like really drill it in of like a B testing this and that. And like just yeah. things that I haven't got time to do, but like if anything in any of my businesses, like I always like to be the person to try it first. So I have like a basic understanding before right. handing it off to somebody else. So like one yeah. day, there will be someone who will be managing that for us and right. We'll do a right. Job and see like well, the way we think about it, like, like again, like not we're going on a completely off the off the rails here but like we have to think about it from an inventory perspective like we make x amount of pens and like we hardly need advertising to sell through right like that's a good place to be so it's but it's balancing that and like also acquiring new customers and showing you know like you know you have to have growth too right you have to bring in some new customers as well so thinking about all those things so yeah and this is one of the differences between mine and your businesses of like if so we want to try and increase the amount that we sell. And if we increase the amount that we sell, it's actually relatively easy for us to produce more inventory. Right. It's not so easy for you to produce more inventory because right. Brian's doing it, right? So right. like you you have a limit of how many pens can Brian do in a day, right? Right, right. Where yeah, he we does have assembly. less of a limit like that because we're using like, a factory to produce them so like of right. course they have a limit too but that limit is is much larger mm-hmm. than what than like brian's limit right so. exactly exactly all right good stuff well i'm gonna make some notes to maybe we'll do we'll do some some businessy podcast um, stuff you because know, i always love to get into it because we have we all i i like this stuff because we just don't do one thing in neither of us right like there's lots of things um, that we have uh, that we're thinking about all the time. So we will we will do this maybe over the summer. Um, I'll put that in my notes to to wrangle. Um, until then, I'm I'm gonna business a little bit on what I have upcoming for reviews for the Pen Addict Mike. Um, I went through a pen cleaning uh, last week, just kind of rotating out my pens. 
um, lots of pens that I've been using, lots of pens I had reviewed. And then I always have to, especially with fountain pens, I need to spend time with the products before I really put my thoughts down on the page. So one of the reasons why I had to do this cleaning of existing fountain pens and inks was I had some new pens that I needed to start using for preparation for new reviews. So uh, three pens I just inked up I wanted to talk about. Number one is the Waldman Titan. Um, we will There will be a lot of discussion around this pen. This is a very interesting pen and it relates to like what you were talking about with like design decisions and price points, right? Mm -hmm. This is a very expensive pen. Um, it's mid $400 for a titanium barrel steel nib pen, limited edition, but like very well made, very high quality, very enjoyable to use. Also a pen not for everybody, right? So like this is one of my favorite things in design is we, we don't make something for everybody. So it's a very specific pen. I inked it up with wearing all seven color ocean which is kind of a it's kind of you know like a um i don't want to say common blue right but it's got a lot of character in it it's like a it's a very oceany blue like the name is very very representative of the color it's got a few different blue tones in there it dries lighter in some areas darker in some areas it's got a very very good color i'm not saying it's just like the most unique ink ever but it's really really pretty to use and it's really good with the steel colored nib steel colored of the tita titanium colored i should say of the barrel and steel nib mm -hmm. so that one i'm going to get a lot of use out of this next one mike again uh add this into the business conversations how do you get brad to review your pen when you're a new company <laughs> and the way you do it is you send me an email and don't give me the PR pitch. Say, hey, we made something we think you might like. Here's the link. Go check it out. If you see something you like, let me know. Like, I don't need your full PR. I don't need your pitch deck, right? Because if you have a pitch deck, I'm wondering, did you make this stuff? Like, the like, where are we? What are we actually doing here? Mm -hmm. So this company called Anhand, and I, you know, maybe I'm wrong about them, but I went and just they sent me a mail. Said, hey. We have this fountain pen and we just like to get your feedback on it. Check it out for us. And so my initial reaction is, is always skepticism. Um, so I go browse around the site and I was like, oh, oh, that's pretty cool. It looks like a unique design um, of the pen. We'll talk about the pen in just a second. But I was, I was browsing through the site. I said, oh, they make like desk accessories and they make a few other things. They're not just making pens um, based in the UK. And... This pen is called the Method Pen, and it's a brass barrel pen, and it's not too big. It's not too small. It's kind of just right, the Goldilocks pen, um, which is good for a brass barrel pen. It's got a faceted cap and then a smooth uh, barrel. It fits my hand really well. What's interesting about this pen is it has a snap cap, which you don't get a lot in metal pens. They're usually threaded. So I've been enjoying using that. I've been using that for show notes today because you can just uncap it like one-handed and use it if you want to um uses uh schmidt nibs and converters which i like schmidt nibs so i have a medium schmidt uh steel nib in here i have this inked up mike with van diemen's mandarin duck wing um <laughs> okay. that's that's an ink name yeah <laughs> i feel i almost feel like it's like eh, that's probably like a bridge too far on on the naming uh again we'll add this into the business conversation uh, naming conventions like you know we could like do we have to go like giraffe tail fuzz like for the ink what like was we, the name we, of that one was it could we just go like mandarin duck le huh? lemon lennon tuba 
Linen toolbar. Linen toolbar. <laughs> so anyway, it's a uh, Van Diemen's inks. I like. It's kind of like a brownish red, which is generally not my color, but I like this color enough, and it's kind of dark. And I wanted to experiment with it, and it's a really good match for this brass barrel pen. So it's been fun to play around with. I just inked it up. I'm really, I'm really digging this pen so far, and I'm mm. probably going to end up reviewing it. They were just really. You know what? You don't ask me for a review because I will never say yes. I will review your product, but you can always send me products to get feedback, and then I'll decide if I want to review them or not on my own. And that's probably what's going to end up happening here. They just wanted some feedback, and I will probably review this pen because I'm very, very much enjoying it. What if someone um, was like, I want to send you a review unit? Would you? Yeah. You'd be okay with Would, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I say, I say absolutely. I don't guarantee anyone reviews, but I'll be happy to look at it and give you some feedback. And if I choose to review it, I'll let you know. And yeah. if I do review it, it may not be nice. Yep. Like I, I say all that. Like mm-hmm. I, I tell you. Like I don't guarantee if I, giving you I don't an guarantee. Out, right? Like if you, yeah, I if basically you don't think say it's gonna I, review well. Then don't send me it. Yeah, it's like a single sentence. I'll say it's like I, I don't guarantee a review, and if I do review it, I don't guarantee it will be positive. I love it. That's good. Here's my, here's my address. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes things don't show up. <laughs> mm-hmm. then you know. That's how you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, last one is a pen I picked up from uh, Mike's Pen Fund. So uh, Mike Green makes pens at um, uh, as a hobby. So I saw him at the Chicago Pen Show. Known him for a couple years uh, in stream, actually, in Twitch stream. He's in there a lot. And I didn't know he made pens until a few months ago. So I made sure to stop by him his table um in chicago picked up a couple pins from him so i have this material is called wicked wisteria it's a really dark magenta swirly pen and i inked it up with pilot oroshizuku sutsuji which is a really really hot pink so this is a very good uh, matchy matchy type of situation here so um i'm looking forward to playing with that yeah that's one i will eventually review on the blog all three of these pens i will eventually review but again it's a process for me to start start inking them up start using them start carrying them, start getting some ideas about how they work. Some are easier than others. Like, yeah, most of these are pretty straightforward. Like no one's doing anything like crazy unique. These are more like materials and shape discussions, which are pretty there. Those are more straightforward reviews, you know, like with Mike's pen, you know, I'll review like, Hey, how was his machining and finish, you know, on the pen and what is the shape like? And, you know, with the and hand pen, I was like, well, did they build like a quality like design? Like how does it fit in the hand? And is it balanced, you know, from someone who I don't really know a lot of. And then Waldman, you know, the Waldman pen, like the idea is going to be about, Hey, they kind of stepping outside of their like silver work. Um, cause which is what they're known for and doing like a unique titanium build. So it's very cool. Very cool indeed. All right, I think that's it for this time. If you want to find links to everything we discussed in this episode, go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 566. There you can also find a link to send us in some feedback if you would like to send in your RSTPA questions or follow-up for the show. But you can also go to penaddictfeedback.com to do that. Uh, our next episode is going to be an all RSTPA episode, but if you're hearing this now, it's too late because we pre-recorded it. Uh, <laughs> And I can already, Brad, I can warn you now, we're not getting to all of the stuff in the document. Neither Love have it. we gotten to all the RCPA questions that are in the system. So eventually we'll get through, I assume, all of them, but it's always going to take time, which is good because it means we have episodes planned out into eternity at this point. Uh, if you want to find us online, there's a few places to do. Go, to do that, go to penaddict.com, spokedesign.com, 
um, panaddict on Mastodon, panaddict on Instagram, twitch.tv slash panaddict. That's all the Brad stuff. You can find me I'm at imike, I-M-Y-K-E, on Instagram and on Mastodon. Uh, you can also find my products at cortexbrand.com. This show is part of Relay FM. You go to relay.fm slash shows, and you can find many other podcasts there. Maybe there's something else to uh, pique your interest in our catalogue. Thank you so much to Pan Chalet for the support of this episode, but most of all, thank you for listening. Until next time, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>